Hello and welcome to Panic City, the long-lost podcast about the roiling emotions inside of every Mets fan. I'm Chadwick Matlin, an editor at 538 by day, and someone who cancels Panic City recordings on Neil by night. Hi, <laughs> Neil. How are you? Hey, Chad. Uh, you know, in fairness, you, you have a baby that is due, like, sometime in the next I don't know, hour, 48 hours? I don't know. So I think you you are excused for those cancellations. Thank you. I still owe a culpa to our loyal audience who's been listening to us for, what, five years and understands that every season we disappear at some point. But this season we are doing really well at continuing to podcast week after week after week. And then what can only be called the perfect shitstorm of things happened all at once in my life and at work. And uh, it is very difficult. It has been very difficult for Neil and I to find even just the 20 to 30 minutes to talk during the workday for the last um, several weeks. So, But we're apologize. here now, Chad. We're here now. That's all that matters. Exactly. Apologies to our audience. But, oh, Neil, what a week to come back. The New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves are getting set for a definitive three-game series in Atlanta. The hurricane seems to not be an issue, which was very concerning earlier in the week. Um, And the Mets are one game up on the Braves. Hold the tiebreaker and a three-game set coming. We're going to talk all about it. But first, let's talk about the playoff odds going into the final six games of the season. Neil, forget about where we were. A month ago, or whatever, whatever it was when we last potted. Yeah, it's about where we are now. Exactly. So, give me, give me, give me the goods. We have to be at least sixty-five percent to win the division, given the tiebreaker and the one yes. game lead. Yeah. So it's actually seventy-four to twenty-six. Why even play the game? <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't say that, Chad. No. So seventy-four percent to win the division. Uh, and 10% to win the World Series. Uh, the Braves, very strangely, so like I said, heavy underdogs to win the division, but slightly higher odds of winning the World Series. I think that has to do with the higher team rating uh, that they have, which you know goes with the territory when you are a, uh, a team that won the World Series and then won 97 games at least the following season. Um, but you know that, that 74%, arises from, like you said, the tiebreaker, even despite the fact that for each of the games in this three-game set at Atlanta, the Braves are favored in two of them, and it's just a total coin flip in the middle one. It's literally 50-50 in our model uh, in the in the game between Max Scherzer and Kyle Wright. So the it's, it's a weird territory. The Braves favored... But who can really be much of a favorite in baseball? The highest odds that they have in any of the games are 56%. Uh, but they're favored or no no worse than a coin flip in each of the games. Yet the Mets are favored quite heavily to, to win the division. And it all does come down to that tiebreaker and the one-game lead going in. And we knew that all the Mets needed to do, they've set themselves up in a really great position coming in, one game lead. So even if they only win one out of three, they would still be tied and they have the tiebreaker. They would still have the, still own the tiebreaker. Uh, 
And they all they would have to do is just win more games against the Nationals or stay even, you know, in the uh, in the National Series relative to the Braves in that Marlins series. And the Mets are at home for that national series, by the way, and, and and they'll win the division. So there's like a lot of bailouts and fail safes uh, built in for this Mets team. But you get swept, that completely flips things on. So it's like right. you're, you're, it, you remember the old Joe Madden, try not to suck. This is like our message to the Mets is try not to get swept. Just whatever you do, win like one of these and, and you'll be in, in good shape. And let's back it up, too. Before we talk about the Atlanta Mets series, let's also note that uh, Don Don Mattingly has said that Sandy Alcantara will pitch against the Braves if something is on the line. Mm -hmm. And so the Nationals have no one even obviously close to Alcantara. Yeah, best best pitcher, non-DeGrom division. Exactly. in, In the National League, probably, I think. And and so as a result, you really start to see how this can stack up for the Mets if they can just win one game against the Braves. Now, Neil, the Mets top three starters who are pit- sorry, the Mets three starters who are pitching this series, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. Yes. Do we agree that they are better than Freed, Wright, Morton? Certainly Bassett is better than Morton. Morton has a has a has a collapse yes. once every you know month or so. Yeah, we Morton has hard. not. We hit him hard last time we played him in Atlanta. That, Morton that's... has has been mediocre this year. Right. Freed and Wright are fabulous. Do not get me wrong. Wright had a rough patch. Freed um, is is a really nasty lefty, but Degrom and Scherzer are better. Right, ever so better. I, I I agree with that, and so it's, it is like scores that can help us answer this. We, <laughs> we do have the pitching scores, but uh, but I I don't even think that you need to necessarily break those out. But I will. So uh, let me let me vamp for a moment as I call. Neil, do you not believe in pitching scores? Is that what you're here to tell me? Because that you know, fire. No, I would I okay. would never. What a scandal Wright, that would be. Kyle Wright's rolling pitching score, game okay. score. Well, so it's fifty two point eight. Max Fried is 60.3. So that, 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 um, Fried is quite good. Wright is division average. Okay. Um, and oh, you're looking at the pitching, you're looking at the interactive. The, you just take, yeah. take this home, Chad. This is all yeah. you. Neil, what were you going to do? Just recite it off the top of your head? Come on. No, I was looking at the team pages because we have the little like, uh, bubble head, heads and bubbles, uh, with the rating. Look at that. Put my, my scrollers around. Anyway. Max Scherzer is 64. That is better even than Spencer Strider on the Braves. Jacob deGrom is his own, you know, universe, but we should talk about how bad that last start is in a second. He's at 65.7. And Chris Bassett is 56.1. Bassett is going up against uh, Charlie Morton, who, as we said, not that good this year, um, is a 55.1. So, slightly worse than Chris Bassett. All right, Neil. The pitchers are better. The hitters are not better. That that that's very evident to me. We the Braves continue to put up crooked numbers, and the Mets have been scraping and scratching to get by for for a few weeks now. Um, it seems to me like this is an evenly matched series in the end. 
but a very doable one game win kind of series. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. And that's that's where those odds come from. Great. So let's talk about Jacob DeGrom. Neil, let's... Jacob DeGrom sucked in his last <laughs> outing. He says he sucked. He did suck. It was a massacre against a terrible Oakland, Oakland Athletics team in an incredible pitcher's park. Riddle a, ca- a cavernous, a cavernous non-home field having uh, because no one attended uh, park. So what happened? You know, I wish Baseball. I knew. I wish he Baseball knew. Baseball happened. Well, I, I, I think it's a little, you know, his command was problematic. Uh, Jacob deGrom does not issue four walks in four innings. I, I think that was you. almost his whole season total. Yes, well, it, it was actually, it matched his entire season total. Uh, so in the four innings that he uh, pitched against Oakland, he gave up four walks. In the preceding 54 and a third innings, he had also given up four walks. And he had 86 strikeouts uh, in that span. And he had five strikeouts to go against the four walks in that game. So no matter how you cut it. Oh, and he also gave up a home run for good measure. Although he's he's been giving up home runs this season to a certain degree or another um but so you know no matter how you cut it it was easily his worst start of the season and i think also it's a little problematic that in his preceding two starts he gave up at least three earned runs that also had been a pretty rare occurrence you know comparatively speaking he'd only done it once in the previous eight star uh, seven starts that he had had uh, on the season before that uh, and and probably you know super rare going back to his his work um, early last season so no matter how you slice it he is not coming into this series at his peak but his but. peak is so good that he can give up to your point about the rolling pitching ratings he can give up a little bit and he still has higher rating than Max Scherzer who has been one of the best pitchers in the league uh, this season and has really delivered on, you know, everything that the Mets asked of him. So you have to feel good about sending that particular group and not having a Spencer Strider to have to deal with. He's hurt, not eligible to come back until the last day of the regular season. Hopefully the Mets have wrapped things up and then some by that, by that time, they won't have to worry about him. So yeah, I, it's, it's a numbers game. But I do like the odds of winning at least one. And you have to feel like DeGrom, you know, were his peripherals? Here's a question. I haven't looked at it. Maybe you can look at it. Uh, But were his, um, you know, was there something that seemed off about him in that uh, in that last start, aside from the numbers? I, I mean, the control is the obvious thing to look at, right? So you're you're asking sort of like, was his pitch mix different and things yeah, like that? Yeah, or like his stat cat, you know, like was he um, what, was he throwing less hard? All those things. Well, let's see. I mean, he hit, <laughs> I know he hit I've put us on this uh, on the spot with this question. No, I mean, he um, hit a hundred several times. He was up in the ninety eight, ninety nines. Um, I can't easily get the average per game on the on the page I'm at. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I I don't think we can say that he looked hurt, right? I mean, I of course was worried he was hurt, but to, but to your point, the, the velocity did, wasn't that different. Um, I don't know. You know, his average uh, horizontal 
off the top of my head, so I can't tell you if that was very different. But um, <laughs> well, I, his I'm expected not... woba allowed the rolling average of his expected woba has gone up uh, since uh, mid September. So you know the past handful of start, uh, you know, few starts, and it's his rolling average now is the highest it's been all season. Um, well, and O'Neill Cruz exactly. hit that home run at the end of his start previous to the A's one. So, you know, and that probably no... that that'll hurt any O'Neill <laughs> Cruz home run will hurt your expected Woba allowed. Yeah. So maybe it's a slump. Maybe it's not. We'll, we'll see. But certainly high stakes for DeGrom, who Buck Showalter moved into the um, first game so that he could pet to DeGrom, but could potentially pitch on the last day of the season if needed as well. I like that chess match, although then that means that you've used him, you know, uh, maybe he could pitch on short rest in the third game. Well, you're only using using him to get a bye. You're not going to use him if you're already clinched the bye on the last day. You would just wait. Right, that's true. But then, like, you know, the worst case is you use him, it doesn't work, and then you you can't use him in the... uh, you, You don't get the bye, and you can't use him in that first round series. So there's yeah. still a lot of uh, a lot at stake with that. But again, this is why you you have Degrom, but also why you signed Scherzer to that. You know, right. what felt like maybe it could have been an ill-advised deal for a guy, uh, you know, 37 years old. You know, even though we he had a history the playoffs last year because his arm was sore. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, given despite the fact that he's usually a workhorse he had a history of, you know, kind of wearing down recently. So again, this is what, this is why you have this. And I I know you wanted to talk a little about this too, but I love this. This is like, this is baseball, man, like a pennant race and having a meaningful stretch run to the season and all this, that is like the essence of this sport. And the Mets are the center of the baseball, you know, the Mets and the Braves together. They're the center of the baseball universe. And that's kind of how it should be, because you could make a great case that uh, certainly they're the two best teams, um, uh, you know, outside of the Dodgers, the two best teams in the in the NL. I think that's like abundantly clear. And uh, yeah, these are special teams and it's a special uh, uh, pennant race. And I like it. I like that. Yeah, it's well known among the you know, people who have really listened to my sports opinion. Uh, thank you. So me. You hundred. Yes. So yes. Me. You are, you are a charter member. Um, that I believe sports is just narrative and that all we are into sports for is for good stories that keep us up at night. that We can bond with other people over and that winning is beside the point. It's one thing that the narrative can deliver, but it is not the only thing that the narrative can deliver. And this three-game series is the good stuff. It is as good as winning a World Series. The tension, <laughs> the tension that is in the air is palpable among the- <laughs> among baseball fans we are the center of baseball this weekend against a good with a good team against a good team right it's not one of these like plucky upstart oh can they pull it off no we ought to pull powerhouses titans i love it i love this team i love that we haven't even talked about alvarez getting called up yes that's play true. To darren ruff because come on oh did you see the comparison of what darren ruff has oh, done oh yeah i gotta take 
uh, Kitty Davis. Kitty Davis has like 127 work plus since going to the Giants. Darren Ruff has a 70-something work plus. And we sent pitchers along with Katie Davis. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Yeah, I got to take the L on that one uh, because I was in the camp of, I like this move. This is great. It's a little reminiscent. I mean, it's actually more extreme because Benintendi, um, uh, you know, his his numbers are not as as bad as Ruff's. But it's like Joey... And he's hurt, but it's like the Joey Gallo, uh, you know, that's the Yankees uh, thing where it's yeah. like some some certain roles on teams just are cursed. Like you can have someone earlier in the season having that role and they're bad, send them away, they get good, bring in someone else, they either get hurt or they're bad in that role. That role for us is cursed. Uh, the, 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 the righty hitting, you know, whatever slugger uh, DH spot, it's just cursed. Yeah. I, I'm with you. So, you know, maybe we'll ruin uh, young talent now, uh, and, and that'll be that. Um, oh, well, Alfred, but... I mean, I guess the only are, – are there any sort of, like, uh, arbitration clock implications or anything? No, because it's so late in the, series, in the season, he's not going to hit the, his, like, 130 at-bats or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, so, so why wasn't he up already? Oh, he, he don't get us started, Neil. Don't get us started. He had <laughs> loose bodies in his ankle. Have you ever had a loose body inside of your body? I have feel like I have uh, the older I get the I get loose bodies in places I didn't even know I I could have loose bodies. Oh my god. So he had loose bodies so he had to maybe get surgery but then he didn't get surgery then he went back to the minors. Yada yada, he's here, he's ready. Well, let's remember, Neil, he this guy started high A ball this year. I spent the majority of the year in high A ball. He is likely to be overmatched. We should not pretend otherwise. You know, I I think I just have a um a higher opinion of him because uh, in my MLB The Show franchise, I uh, brought him up and and he was raking for me uh, in my Mets franchise. So I think that was that that's coloring my opinion of him. I'm like, yeah, this kid is ready. He, clearly in the in the video game, his ratings were good enough. So that means that the real life guy is good enough too, right? You know, Neil, with baseball ending and me needing to be up at two in the morning with a newborn. Maybe it's time for me to do MLB the show on like a you know thirty dollar discount deal or something. Oh, and that could be how we keep in touch while I'm on leave. Oh, it's available on like everything, um, you know, all all the the platforms. But you and I still have not had any kind of battles in Super Mega Baseball Three, which I think is the the one that we've we've talked about the longest. That one we really could get some some rivalries going. It's true. You know, Neil, we have such a special thing going. I don't want competition to enter into our relationship, our dynamic. You are someone who I have truly, we just have no competition in our friendship. And that's really rare and special. And so I just don't want to, you know, mess that up. Um, yeah, all right. You know, so, point point well taken. But it can be friendly, you know, just yeah. like the Mets and the Braves. They're just, they're friends, you know. At the end of the day, they'll, they'll yeah. shake hands. They won't feel any negative <laughs> Feelings. I can't even finish saying that without a uh, without laughing. Oh, this is you know the thing that this is bringing me back to also is those great Mets Braves um, battles, which you know the Mets never really seem to come out on top of. But uh, you know that like '90s era, my favorite Mets team. Uh, Who's calling you, Neil? Who got back there right now? I don't know. It's not. Come on! Um, don't they know you're you're the podcasting? It's my wife calling. Uh, what does she mid-podcast. think she has to? I, I can't believe that. You know, if one of us were going to get a pressing call from our significant other, you exactly. think it would be you during this call. Exactly. Okay. What were we saying? 
Oh, I was just saying that it brought me back to the to the 90s and the epic battles, you know, with uh, 99 and LCS type uh, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grand Slam single, Robin Ventura. Loved that time. Loved that rivalry, even though, you know, we did not come out ahead of it. Although, got, you know, got to the World Series the following year. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm everything past is present again. The Yankees could be waiting in a Subway Series. The the Braves are standing in our way. This is uh, this is my childhood again. Yeah, but, Neil, we don't want Kenny Rogers to be part Kenny of Kenny Rogers is nowhere near this team. We don't need to think about Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Yeah. Kenny Rogers was a bum. Kenny Rogers uh, could only really perform in uh, clutch situations when he applied uh, sticky substances from the bottom of his hat in the 2006 World Series for the Tigers, if I'm remembering right. Uh, but otherwise, he was associated with some of the most just clutch failings uh, and, and meltdowns of, of any pitcher I can think of. So, not a fan. Great. We'll have him on the show. We'll have him on the show next week. Danny, come by. Um, All right, Neil, I'm not going to ask you what you're panicking about next week because we know. We know what we're going to be panicking about, the playoffs. One way or the other, one way or the other, it will be panicking either about not winning the division or what is to come in the playoffs. This is is it. This is what we have watched baseball for, for, oh, my God. So many nights, but what five full months, Neil? Oh, a ton. But Chad, no, I was going to say that the most we'll know if this Mets team is different, right? Not only will it be they'll be different from the '99 team if they can actually beat the Braves in a crucial September series and not have Chipper Jones or I guess Austin Riley is the second coming of Chipper Jones kill us, but. The other flip side of it is we will be different from the 2007 and 2008 teams if even if we do win one of three, at least one of three or say we, you know, uh, where we come away from this Braves series feeling good. If we don't find a way to get swept and meltdown and collapse against the Nationals in the style of Tom Glavin giving up eight runs in the first inning or whatever it was in 2007. I was at that game. I was at that game. You were at that game, then you I know what I'm talking about. Four in the morning in Washington, D.C., to catch a bus. I almost got jumped on the way to the bus station. And that would have been a good thing relative to what bus happened from later. DC to New York. It was against the Marlins. It was at Shea. It was against the Marlins, of and course. There yes. was zero life in the crowd from, you know, 20 minutes. Oh, immediately. The game. Immediately. Terrible. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like, we'll know the Mets are different because a very Metsy classic old school Mets way of doing this would be to have the the showing against the Braves and sort of like make it feel like it's uh, it's it's going to happen and then go up against the completely overmatched, nothing to play for terrible Washington team at home and then just lay an egg against that team. So if we don't do that. That's when you'll know that this is different. This is more 2015, you know, magic than than 2007 heartbreak. Yeah. Mm. What an exciting week. I've given us a lot to unpack in this. Yeah. Um, all right. So I don't know when this podcast has come back. I got a baby to raise that may come into the world by the time people are hearing this. Um, and uh, but you can hold down the fort however you see fit, Neil. Um, I will chime in as I can, but I don't know if I can. And um, and that's, I mean, that's 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 the show. I will definitely be back before 
we'll do an end of season thing whenever it happens. But but for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be uh, it just will not ever be quiet enough to have a podcast in my house. It's really <laughs> the issue. Um, all right. So, Neil, I think that's it for the show. Let's let's yeah. do the question. Um, our theme song is by Mystery Mansion. Our logo is by Pat Barrett. Our control rumor emeritus is Tony Chow. Um, for Neil Payne, Chad, I, I, I think I think the only way to end this is a classic. I think we should go LGM. So I think on three we should go Wait, one, hold two, on. three. Hold on. But then are we cursing our players to not? play well <laughs> like if we don't say swim the most swim and don't say splash alonzo splash and don't say chug bok chug they you just said that. those though no but you I, just said those that takes right. care of it all right. so now all One, we have to just say is let's let's go, go mets. mets oh man all right cue the cue the music